Hello, my name is Jacob Hennessy, and welcome to uh, the first broadcast of Off the Mound. And I'm Logan Talkington. It's uh, really nice to be out here for the first time. And you guys are probably wondering, who are these guys and what do they know about baseball? Well, let me tell you a little something here. I have been a college baseball player for the past five years. Yes, five. Um, sadly, or luckily, I got hurt. I'm not going to mention how today. Um, that's for a different day and a different story. But today, we're going to talk about our podcast, and that's Off the Mound. Um, Jacob's going to give us a little bit of interview on that and a little bit of more information. But for me, um, a little fun fact, I was a pitcher in Millican Baseball. I'm currently an MBA student here as well. And I have a lot of fun facts. I have a 12-pound cat. And yes, I do have a 12-pound cat. It is very soft and furry. He's a nice guy. His name's Waffles. Uh, I named him myself. I'm pretty proud of that. And now we can go ahead and go to Jacob and see what he wants to talk about. Yes, and I am also a pitcher at Millican University. Uh, I will be entering my senior season this year. Um, I am also a member of the business program. I am an accounting student. Uh, Fun facts about me is that I am actually from Chicago, and uh, I have a dog that is a little bit crazy. When she gets very hyper, she likes to run around circles and start quacking. Uh, For our podcast we will be discussing baseball topics. So what we were going to do is that for our first nine weeks, we'll be discussing each position in a breakdown, and we will give you the top 10 pitchers that we believe are right now for tonight. And then for the rest of the week, we will the rest of the weeks, we will continue along the, the topics of positionally. Yeah, so uh, a little bit more about that. Um, we're going to go ahead and we're going to break down each position. We're going to use a lot of data analysis on each player in each position. And there'll also be some hot takes too, because I'm a big Cardinals fan, and you know Cardinals fans get a bad rap nowadays. Uh, not as bad as Yankees, but you know we do. At least we're not a bandwagon fans like uh, the Chicago Cubs. You know. And I am a diehard Cubs fan. Been there since 2002 when I could first really process what teams were and pick my own team. Uh, way back before they were good. So Logan can go ahead and back off with all this. Fairweather fan talk. It's okay. He didn't pick a good team. He's just a bandwagon fan. But, you know, that's a different story, different day. <laughs> As I assume, all your top pitchers today will be Cubs players, right? Surprisingly, no, even though, you know, we'll see what happens for the rest of the year with the Chicago Cubs. And I'm sure that on your list will be a couple of Cardinals, specifically one of them. Yeah, no, we're not talking about that today. Uh, sadly, I uh, thought that Jack Flaherty was going to be the best pitcher this year. Uh, Thought he was going to be a Cy Young before the season. That was my hot take. Uh, my hot take was wrong. It wasn't right. You know, it's whatever. It's halfway through the season. So, you know, admitting my failures. All right. All right. So we're going to go through the top 10 pitchers for each of our list, and then we will have a discussion between each other about them as well. Yeah. Uh, Logan, would you like to give your list first? Absolutely. So I'm going to start off with my honorable mention. Uh, the guys who I thought could be good but you know they're just not on my top 10 right now for various reasons number one on that honorable mention list is marcus stroman uh stro show i absolutely love that guy i think he would be one of the best players out there too if he was on a different team it's just he's stuck in toronto i mean stuck in toronto is not a bad thing maybe but for him it is he probably should go on a different team i think if he got traded and he's one of my picks to click especially to get traded because you should he should go to a better team there's a lot of opportunity out there for him um, another one of my honorable mention kind of guys is Trevor Bauer. I really love Trevor Bauer because he's a driveline guy. A driveline is huge. 
especially today, and he's one of the main faces of the whole entire program, and that's one of the main reasons I got into driveline because of him. And he's really just been an amazing pitcher the past few years. He could have been Cy Young last year if he didn't get hurt and didn't get have a couple different downfalls to him. He's an amazing pitcher. Um, and then my other one is Domingo German. And I think that man is just – he's pitching out of his mind right now. He's really good. And I think, you know, for the Yankees especially, he's just absolutely – what they need at the moment, even though they don't need that many pitchers. And my honorable mention, honorable mention of the guy who is a ghost of his past self is Chris Sale. I think that if that guy could figure himself out, he could really be pretty good. And I think he could really just turn into a different kind of pitcher. He's an elite pitcher. Nobody else is like him really whenever he's good. The slider is just so good. You can't even try to hit that. I, <laughs> That's the reason I became a pitcher, because I can't even try to hit those kinds of things. Like, I don't even know how to hit that. That's a huge breaker. And then my last one of my honorable mentions is Mike Miner. Um, he has a 6.0 war, and that is one thing that made me want to put him on my list, but he's not the best pitcher that I think right now, and also he hasn't pitched this way his whole entire career, so I didn't think he deserved to be in this list. So, starting off my number 10 is Lucas Giolito. Um... I really picked him mostly because of his 10.6 Ks per nine and his three Ks per walk. And that is a career high for him. That's absolutely why he's pitching the way he is right now, and that's why he's doing everything he is. It's kind of crazy because he's pitching out of his mind. And if he keeps continues doing this, he might be one of the best pitchers continuing up in this league. Um, he has a lot of really good potential, especially with the White Sox and where they're going and what they're headed off to do. Number nine, maybe a shock, maybe not. Jacob DeGrom, um, 3.4 war. He has 1.1 home run per nine, which is way up from his .4 last year. Um, that's probably the biggest reason why he's not nearly as good as he once was, and that's the reason why he's really took a big downfall. So I think that he could really take a turn for the better if he would not allow many home runs. But a lot of these pitchers on this list are also allowing a lot more home runs. And like Justin Verlander saying that his – the balls are juiced or something, but I don't know. It's That's way above my pay grade, and I don't even know today. So number eight on my list is Zach Greinke, and he's been one of the best pitchers in baseball ever since he's really came out. Um, he has a 2.95 ERA, 0.95 on his whip, 114 Ks, and 10-4 record. Um, he's, pretty, he's done pretty well for himself, and at 4.1 war is – one of the best for the pitchers out there. It's not the best, but it's pretty darn good. Um, and now number seven is Clayton Kershaw. Um, his 7.9 hits per nine and his 1.2 home runs per nine are really not going to excite anybody and not really say that he is the best pitcher. But from years past, people remember Clayton Kershaw as one of the best pitchers out there, especially for what he has done. Um, especially, not really, though, for his postseason ability because he's really not that good in the postseason, especially against the Cardinals, I must add. And, you know, he is one of the best pitchers as long as he stays healthy, and he really is the best pitcher on the Dodgers at times. And now number six is Garrett Cole. Um, he has been absolutely pitching out of his mind. He has career highs in most of his per nines. The 1.5 home runs per nines is the not good high, which he's allowing a lot more home runs than he should be, especially this year. But, I mean, that's an issue, like I said, that has been really – transparent for every single other pitcher but the one thing that really caught my eye was a 5.88 strikeouts per walk saying that right there is 
absolutely insane, especially for a pitcher. You're hoping at least for two, three, anything more than that. You're saying it's pretty good, but with the 5.88, that's absolutely insane. You really can't ask much more from him, especially as a pitching coach. Like if I was his pitching coach, I'd be absolutely thrilled right now, especially with that production that he's doing. 3.12 ERA and 10 and five. He has 194 strikeouts, which is leading the league in strikeouts. That's 13.5 Ks per nine. That is absolutely insane. I There's no words for how good he's been pitching. And Justin Verlander comes in at number five, another fellow Astro there. And it's all because of his whip. His whip is 8-1-4, which is absolutely insane. He's allowing less than a base runner per, <laughs> per inning, which is absolutely insane. And his 4.0 war, which is tops for some of the pitchers out there. And his .8 home runs per nine, which is better than most of the pitchers on the bottom of this list and is one thing that I was really looking at. Now for number four, um, really interesting kind of guy, Mike Soroka. Uh, he's kind of broken into the league and absolutely amazing, I feel like, in my own eyes. And I feel like he could be one of the best pitchers in the league, especially coming up in the near future. As long as he doesn't get injured and long as he stays healthy and everything is good for him, I think he'll be one of the best pitchers in the leagues for the next 10 years. And that .4 home runs per nine, that is really hard to do. Um, last year, to put this in comparison, Jacob DeGrom, Cy Young winner, had .4 home runs per nine compared to Mike Soroka has .4 right now. And if he keeps that up, he might be putting himself in a really tough competition for Cy Young, but I don't think he'll get that. Um, that'll be my number one person who I'll say here in a minute. And now number three is Hyun Jian Ryu. I think I pronounced that correctly, but, you know, it's okay. And that's all because of his 1.78 ERA and his 105 Ks on the year. He's been pitching absolutely out of his mind for the Dodgers. It's kind of crazy. He's the best left-handed pitcher on the Dodgers at the moment, which is saying a lot, especially because he's pitching over Clayton Kershaw. And then number two on my list is Charlie Morton with a 3.8 war. All of his per nines are positive from where they were last year, what you want to see them be. And he has four strikeouts per walk, which, like I said before, is absolutely insane to have anything over about a three. And he has four, and that's the main reason why he is pitching the way he is and the way he has been, because he's been doing that. And now, the drum roll for number one, Max Scherzer. I mean, that really shouldn't be a really big question at all. With a three side Youngs, and he is 5.4 war, 12.6 Ks per nine, and he broke his nose during the year and actually was able to pitch a really good game after that. So he's the kind of guy who you want on the mound. You put him on the mound, and you're going to win a lot of games, one nothing. You're going to win a lot of games, 2 nothing, 2-1. He's not going to allow a lot of runs. He's not going to allow a lot of things to happen on the mound. I mean, his bullpen, on the other hand, different story. But him, he's absolutely amazing, especially with his – all of his stats this year, like nine and five, like he should be better than nine and five, but his team really hasn't bolstered him to that. And it's 181 Ks, which is almost league leaguing, but that's absolutely crazy. So, what are your takes on some of those? Uh, I actually agree with a lot of them. Obviously, my list is coming up next, so I don't want to give too much away, but I feel like that was a very strong list. And then, starting off with that, I would like to go with my honorable mention, a uh, guy. Two of them are guys you mentioned in your top ten. I think they're just outside, and they're willing. They will be able to crack the top ten if maybe a couple things fall their way. Uh, starting with the first one is Jacob Degrom, like you mentioned, and a 
perennial all-star, all great starter in the league. Uh, the one thing that really hurts him in my mind is the 5-7 and seven record, which it sucks because he's on the Mets, which really they don't help him at all. But also he's got a 321 ERA, which is just outside of the top 10 in ERA. And there really is nothing on the stat line that pops out that makes him a top 10 pitcher today. Now, if you go to the past, he has been obviously a Cy Young winner and obviously a top pitcher in the league. But I feel like just right now he is just outside and he just needs a couple things to fall his way and he could break the top 10. Uh, the second one you already mentioned is Lucas Giolito. He has really been a bright spot for the Chicago White Sox. And that's saying a lot being a Cubs fan as well. But I feel like he's right there too. And obviously he's going to keep getting better. He's a young guy. And I feel like we'll be talking about him for years to come because he has some electric stuff. His ERA is down. His whip is down. This is the best season he's had in his career. And he is just ready to be a top starter, which the White Sox need. And the White Sox are going to be around for a long time now. The third guy that you didn't mention uh, is Shane Bieber. I put him on my list based on whip. He has a 1.0 whip and a 3.49 ERA, which is about above league average. He has been very successful. He's 8-3 as a record. And he also has 150 strikeouts on the year already which is pretty close to it's Charlie Morton-type numbers with the strikeouts. Charlie Morton's at 152, and uh, Bieber's at 150. I really think that he is an excellent pitcher and something to look out for uh, out of the Cleveland rotation as well. Um, I'm going to start on my top 10, and the first one I have, number 10, the guy that you did not mention, is Luis Castillo of the Cincinnati Reds. He has a 9-3 record with a 2.41 ERA. And the only thing that stands out that put him at number 10 instead of being higher with that ERA, which is phenomenal, it's number three ERA in the league, is that he has a 1.12 whip. If he could just give up a little bit less hits and walks, uh, I feel like he would be uh, higher up on this list. And the biggest thing that hurts him is the walks. He's been very wild. He's got 56 walks and 112 innings and only 69 hits. So that is his only problem is that he walks on as many guys as he hits and he needs to kind of, if he can find a way to cut back on the walks, he would be a bit higher up on this list. Uh, at number nine, a guy you already mentioned, Mike Miner. He is having kind of a breakout year down there in Texas. His record is eight and four, which probably would be a lot better in his 19 starts had he been on a better team because he has a 2.73 ERA. Uh, his whip is very high as well, but he also is very good when runners get on base. He doesn't really allow them to score. He is very good with traffic on bases during his starts. Um, at number seven, it's a rookie, uh, Chris Paddock of the San Diego Padres. Okay. Uh, just he was at a he's at a two seven ERA in his sixteen games. He's got a six and four record, which isn't great. He's got ninety five strikeouts in ninety innings and a .87 WHIP. He has a extremely low WHIP. It's I think it's right behind Verlander and. Honestly, he just finally figured out a curveball this last start, and that thing is dirtier than most people's curveballs, and he already has that plus changeup with an electric fastball, and he's only a year, he's 22 years old. He's going to be around for a long time, and he is ready to be a starter in this league. Uh, the next guy on my list 
uh, at number seven is Marcus Stroman. Hmm. Obviously, he has the same kind of issue as uh, Mike Miner would have, where he's not on a great roster. With being up at Toronto, he's got a five and ten record, which is why he's as low as he is as well. And he's been giving up a lot more hits than he typically does. I went a lot on history with him. I feel like if he was in a better team, like a contender where they have players that make better plays, uh, he would be a lot lower on his whip as well. He doesn't walk a ton of guys, which is a plus for Stroman as well. And he is number seven on my list. Number six uh, from the Chicago Cubs, Cole Hamels. He is having kind of a bounce back year where he has been just a good starter and then he's find a way to be better than normal. Obviously, he limits his walks as well. He's got 35 and 99.2 innings. Uh, his biggest problem right now is that he's got an arm injury, but he will be able to come back into the Cubs rotation hopefully within the next couple of weeks, and he'll be able to help them uh, push to the playoffs hopefully. Uh, he's got a 298 ERA, which is above where he typically has been the past couple of years. Number five from the Minnesota Twins, I have – Jose Barrios, obviously he is a very good starter. He has a eight and five record with a three point one ERA in his nineteen starts. He has one hundred and ten strikeouts and he has a one point one four WHIP, which is the stats I really kind of focus on. He also has been able to help his team. He has one hundred and twenty two innings pitched, which is high on the list for how many like most starters around a hundred at this point. So I feel like that's a very good stat for him to have. He has been able to be that ace that they have needed. Uh, at number four, I have Justin Verlander of the Houston Astros as well. Just the lowest whip in the league. He is very hard to hit, and he has been that guy for the Houston Astros this year so far. At number three, I have Zach Greinke as well. Obviously a great pitcher for years and years to come. Uh, and he is just a different pitcher, and he's a difference maker in any game he's in. Uh, he's got that 295 ERA and a .95 whip. Uh, he only has walked 16 guys on the entire year, which is above average because most guys are, at this point for starters, are between 30 and 40 walks. And he is just one of the best pitchers in the game, and he always has been. At number two, I have Hinjin Ryu, who is just on here based on the fact that he has the lowest ERA, the lowest whip, or one of the lowest whips, and he has just been a different pitcher this year than he has been ever in the past. There is, he figured out how to get hitters out effectively, and he has not walked a lot of people. I believe he has the lowest walks out of any starting pitcher. He has 11 walks right now. And he has 105 strikeouts, which is pretty decent numbers to go with those 11 walks. Uh, he's also thrown 116 innings, which is a lot for a starter. And he is ready to be that guy for the Dodgers, which is dangerous because they already have Kershaw. And they have Walker Bueller as well, which really helped push them towards playoffs. And that's why they're probably one of the best teams in baseball right now. And number one, same as Logan, Smack Scherzer that he is just on a different level than anybody else. There is nothing you can do to phase the guy. He literally took a baseball off the eye and had a black eye, and it made him a better pitcher somehow. He is just the best pitcher in baseball. There is 
no one really close in my opinion because he's just with that slider and that fastball and changeup. He doesn't even need anything else, and he still has the ability to get anybody out in the league at any point in time. And he can strike you out with just about anything he has. He has 181 strikeouts, which is an unreal amount of strikeouts for this point in the year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel like if I was in a dark alleyway and Max Scherzer was right next to me, I'd probably run away. I wouldn't want to be anywhere near that man, especially if he's mad. I don't know what you're talking about. I wouldn't want to be near him in the light. I mean, he can obviously take a hit. I mean, we all saw that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I was also wrong, by the way. Uh, Chris Paddock is 23, not 22. He just turned 23 a couple couple weeks ago. Hey, perfect. You know, he's the same age as me. Whatever, you know. So, I pulled up something a little interesting here. And uh, speaking of, like, the pitchers, top pitchers and whatnot. So, ESPN has a saying called the Cy Young Predictor. And... I was kind of curious to see who would be at the top of that. And I'm just going to ask you here, who do you think would be the top for the AL right now? For the AL? Yep. Um, If I had to take a guess off the top of my head, I'd probably say it's Verlander. Oh, yeah. It, it is Verlander. And then coming up right behind him, who do you think that is? Behind him mm-hmm. for the AL. Is it Morton? Yep. And then uh, it goes Garrett Cole. Jake Odorizzi, another guy who we didn't really mention, but who has been a really good Odorizzi pitcher. Odorizzi has been very good. Ever since he was at Tampa, and he was a really good pitcher there. And he's always been one of the guys who just kind of flew under the radar. I mean, even under my radar, I feel like he could be a guy who could potentially be a really good pitcher. I mean, he's not going to be your ace every day, but he's pretty good. Um, now for the NL. I mean, the NL is kind of obvious, but who do you think the top of the NL is? It's Hinjin Ryu. Yeah, you're right. The Los Angeles Dodgers. And then number two is Mike Soroka, that guy. You know? Yeah. Kind of crazy to think about such a young guy being right there above Max Scherzer, but, you know, that's how it is. And Scherzer's got to be three then. Yeah, he is. And it's kind of cool to see the Braves actually being a little more successful than they have been in the past especially because, I mean, they were a team that was used to being successful, especially with, like, Smoltz, Glavin, Maddox, all those guys. Like, they were all studs. Maybe this guy's next in line to be a stud, one of them. You know? Yeah, and I just I just pulled up the top ten as well. I have it up here now. Uh, for the NL, if you look down all the way down to number ten, the Atlanta Braves have another guy on there named Luke Jackson. He's a relief pitcher. He's only thrown 47 innings. He's got 44 appearances, though, and 17 saves. He's a little-known guy, but they got something going down there in Atlanta, and they're going to be a powerhouse in that NL East for years to come now based on their pitching and their offense as well. Exactly. and like I mean, speaking of the East, too, like another guy we didn't mention was Steven Strasburg, guy who, like, everybody's loved for a while. I mean, he's been one of the best pitchers out there, especially for a long time. Um, he's had a lot of injury concerns, but he's – pretty good and when he's on he's electric i mean it's kind of unfair to think about it. you have scherzer and strasburg on your same team and also if you want to go even deeper you go behind it they have another lefty starter as well who is very good very good slider like i said yeah much. so yeah i mean kind of even stemming off this conversation like what pitching staff would you be most afraid to face if you were in the major leagues right now as a hitter 
I feel like if you're in the major leagues, you still got to look at the Los Angeles Dodgers as the top pitching staff. I mean, there's there's very little weaknesses in their top five. Their biggest weakness is the bullpen. But even if you get to the bullpen in a playoff game, if you can just force a guy like the guys like Ryu, Kershaw, uh, Walker, if you can force them to get to get you to the eighth inning. Then you got Kenley Jansen right there, too. And that's just – he's been electric, too. He is lights out when he is on the mound. So even if you take the entire bullpen into consideration, I still feel like the most intimidating team to face on the mound is the Los Angeles Dodgers at this point. Yeah, I mean, I could agree with you on that, and I think they are pretty good. You know I- – how could you beat a team like Houston, though? Like, if you're going on the mound and you're seeing a guy like Justin Verlander against you, I mean, that right there is enough to be intimidated. I mean, also he dates Kate Upton, which maybe is the reason he's so good. I don't know. but She's definitely keeping him in shape. Definitely. I mean, it doesn't hurt him, I feel like. So that's a positive note, maybe. But – still like thinking about that and then Garrett Cole right behind him that's just scary it's scary to think about yeah. this Houston Astro team and think you about also it. got Roberto Ozuna in the bullpen exactly having Ozuna out there to shut down a game and most of the time you don't really even need him like you have your starters who are horses and they come in there and they finish up that game for themselves they have oh yeah a very strong mentality especially towards that like guys like Verlander like he's gonna be one of the legends who when he retires, he's definitely going to the Hall of Fame because, I mean, how could he not? Look at all this. His whole entire career, he's been the number one starter from wherever he has been. He's had a couple downturns here and there. But ever since he's went to Houston, he's kind of had, like, a revival. And he's been good Justin Verlander again. And it kind of makes you wonder, will he ever go away? No, I agree with that. Um, I believe they are definitely the scariest in the AL. That's why I honestly think – that, that those two matching up are always a fun time to watch because there's so much good pitching in both of those teams. And then you got the Dodgers, who they call up whoever they want, and whatever rookie they bring up just mashes. It's not even fair. Like, I don't, it doesn't make sense because they always have, there's always a guy in their system that they bring him up, and you see it in their first 10 games, they're just hitting the crap out of the baseball. Yeah. Um, kind of reminds me of the Cardinals back in the good old days whenever they would just pull a random no-name pitcher off the street. Um, One example, Jeff Weaver. I mean, he was an absolute nobody when he came to the Cardinals and helped them pitch into a World Series. So, I mean, there's some teams that just have that magic touch for players, and it seems like the Dodgers are that team. I mean, look at Cody Bellinger. Who who would have imagined this man is just so good? And all he does is hit home runs, it seems like. Every single night I just see a highlight reel of him hitting another ball over 400 feet like it's nothing. Yep, I would agree with that as well. Yep. Yeah. So. The little-known guy we talked about in this uh, 2019 Cy Young predictor, he's number six for the NL, is Will Smith for the San Francisco Giants. He is their closer. I mean, he hasn't thrown a lot of innings. There is actually Do you think he's going to be on the trading, trading block? My That's why I was about to ask you. <laughs> And there's rumors he might go to the Cardinals. I mean, my fingers are crossed right now because I, I would absolutely love that. But, you know, I know the Cardinals. I know the way they operate. It's not going to happen. Um, speaking of that, like, who do you think is going to get traded? 
Where will they get traded? Uh, the big one I'm looking at is I think Stroman needs to get out of Toronto. I think they need to just trade him, move on. Obviously, they're not going to be relevant this year, and I don't think they'll be relevant for probably a year or two. Obviously, they have Vlad Guerrero Jr. at third base. He's a big help, but he still needs to fine-tune his game a little bit where he hits the ball hard when he makes contact, but he also swings and misses a lot more because uh, he's just not used to the type of talent that you're seeing at the major league level for pitching. Uh, I think the best possible landing spot for, for Stroman would be the New York Yankees. They have the salary cap where they don't really care about the salary cap to be able to pay him. Uh, he's from the area, and he grew up a Yankees fan. I think it's a kind of a perfect fit if they can find a way to make it work. Yeah. So I have another guy who I think will get traded, and – good reason for him to get traded he is a starting pitcher on the detroit tigers and uh, his name's matthew boyd you know he's a pretty good lefty on the team or whatever and he's pretty good at what he does um he has a lot of opportunity out there um and the thing is i think he could be a really good fit somewhere else because if you're not on a bottom tier team there's a lot of opportunity out there for you and i mean if you just look at his stats real quick like this year he's 3.95 ERA, he's pitched over 114 innings, um, allowed 19 home runs, 152 strikeouts. You know, a pretty competitive guy, and his fielding independent pitching is 3.48, which signals that he has a lot of room for growth. You put him on a good team, and this man could have a 3 ERA, and he could easily not be 6-7. and seven. He could be 12-6, 12-3. He could be one of those guys who's competing for a Cy Young this year and kind of it's a little tough for him to be on such a bad team. So I think he could really be on the move um, to where kind of depends. I think there's a lot of suitors for a potential guy like him. And I think if I had to pick to click to get moved this year, I think it would definitely be him. If I would agree, I want to talk to you about a guy who I don't think he's going to move, but there's been a lot of talk about it. And it's with the Cleveland Indians, their top starter, it's Trevor Bauer. Um, Mm -hmm. Where do you think would be a good possible landing spot for him if Cleveland doesn't steed, decide to move on from him because they're not having a great season? And depending on the next couple of weeks, if they don't feel like they can catch the Minnesota Twins for the AL Central or they can't catch a chance to make it into that last wild card spot, what do you think they would do if they were to move Trevor Bauer? Well, I can tell you one thing. If I was his GM right now, <laughs> I would not trade him for anything. Because, I mean, this guy is – he's been one of the best pitchers out there for a long time. Like, for the past two years, he was a Cy Young contender last year. And he fell short because of an injury. And he also got hurt before because of a drone thing. He's been one of the best pitchers. And I really think it would be absolutely stupid for the Cleveland Indians to even think about getting rid of him. But – they could get rid of him, and they could get a pretty decent haul. You know, I I think there's a lot of potential suitors out there. I mean, one I really hope is the Cardinals, because the Cardinals need some starting pitching. If you see anything about that, their pitching has just been atrocious. But, you know, I think there are some buyers out there. You know, like the Yankees may be a potential suitor for him. And, I mean, the Yankees are always willing to buy, especially top talent from a team who really, you know, may need a couple pieces for the future and you know it'd be cheaper maybe in the long run they can give him a couple guys 
to really fill them out as a team. Um, I think another one, too, would maybe be the Phillies. Um, as interesting as that is, I think that they could really compete, especially in the East, if they had another starting pitcher. Um, imagine Nola and Bauer. That'd be a really good one-two punch. And the last one, I think. And then Arietta on top of that, too. Is the Oakland A's. I mean, you know, they not really big buyers, but they have all the pieces to trade. Like, I mean, they have the Jesus, Luzardo, Juan Matea, you know. They have all those people you can add to. And if you added another starting pitcher to that, I mean, it would be absolutely insane. Yeah, I agree. I think the only problem with the Athletics going out and getting a Trevor Bauer guy is the trade they just made for Homer Bailey. But the other two, I definitely agree. And the other guy you forgot to mention in the Phillies is they would have a one-two-three punch with Arietta as well in that rotation. And how to push them ahead in the East? Like they would be the best team out there. <laughs> they would have a a lot of good starting rotation depth, which is very important, especially in that division where it is going to be a race for the top with uh, them and the Braves. I mean, you think for about sure for years horses, to come. The other horses they're facing right now are absolutely crazy. You got, I mean, you got Scherzer in the division. Scherzer is the one guy who has just absolutely been good every day, like we mentioned. Like, he's been absolutely phenomenal. And then you have another guy, too, the Soroka. Like, you have the horses in your division. You got to bring another horse in, and you got to win that race, you know? Got to have yes, the horses sir. in the back. <laughs> oh, boy. As my little friend, little Nas would say. <sighs> is there anything else you would like to mention on tonight's podcast? Um, I think we're about all wrapped up with the pitching staffs uh, for both the NL and the AL. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, it was great being out here for the first time and actually going to talk about some of these baseball things and all these statistics that we have to go through. And, you know, for next week's show, we can talk more about, you know, relief pitchers and we can talk about the impact on them. We can talk more about the trade deadline because that's also coming up. So there's a lot of stuff to talk about and a lot of good things to really go for in the future. And, you know, we look forward to it. We'd like to thank you, and we'd also like to thank Dingerball for the opportunity to go ahead and do this.